Hello and welcome to the podcast, English for Life in the UK. This podcast is for those people who want to improve their English by listening to native English speakers talking about a range of subjects. I'm joined today by Christine. Hello, Christine. How are you? Hey, I'm well, thank you, Mark. I'm enjoying the sunshine. Yeah, it's a lovely sunny day here at the moment. So today we're going to talk about how to learn a language, which seeing as that is what this podcast is all about, it's rather strange we've never done an episode on this before. But this is going to be the last episode of season two of this podcast, and we're going to take a break after this for a few weeks. So we thought we'd finish by just reflecting a bit on how do you learn a language and to talk a little bit about our experience. So both Christine and I are teachers of English. Uh, we also have learnt another language, each of us. Um, and we're obviously part of a team that teaches English as well. So we're going to reflect a little bit on what our own experience has told us, what some of the research tells us. Um, and I've also interviewed two of our uh, intermediate students who've made good progress in learning English, and I've asked them what they found most useful. So that's the, that's the context of this episode. So, Christine, tell us a little bit, Where would what would you say to start with if I said, so what do you think is important when you're learning a language? Well, I think the first thing you need to think about is what do you want to use the language for? And it's going to be very different depending on what your answer to that question is. I mean, for example, I, I try to learn a language if I'm going to visit a country as a tourist. The way I need to learn the language for being a tourist is very different for, uh, to, to how it is if I want to live there. And I mean, I think most people who listen to this podcast probably want to live in the UK and so want to use the language daily and, and make their life in the country in that language. But I mean, some people might want to study, uh, might want to um, take up a profession, for example, and then they're going to need to learn to, to certainly to read and also to write quite academic English. Yeah, I agree with you, Christine. I think that's an important question. Maybe what we should say is that the work that we've done uh, in teaching English and uh, this podcast is very much for those people in that second category who want to be able to live in this country and to use English in an everyday way. And that's what we've focused the main attention on. So what else would you say is important? Well, another thing I would say is that people are very different. As well as having different aims, they actually are different types of people. And some people are quiet and they learn best um, studying by themselves. And some people are much better when they're interacting with others. Uh, I know that I rely quite a lot on looking my sight. I'm a visual learner is what you would call it. I can still bring to mind 
uh, a page of the vocabulary notebook that I had as a child learning French at school. If I want to know whether a noun is masculine or feminine, I still can recall that, that visual image. But of course, some people don't do that. So for you, if you're listening to this, think of what you like, what, what works best for you. I think that's really helpful. The other thing I'd say is it does depend at what stage you're at in your learning of the language. So certainly for beginners, uh, I would say that a lot of visual things are often very useful for people in the early days. So being able to look at a picture and be able to recognise some of the words for the things in that picture and then moving on to be perhaps being able to describe what's in that picture. That's a, that's a good way, I think, for, for, for beginners. The other thing for beginners is very much repetition. I think actually repetition is important at every stage of learning a language, but especially for a beginner, um, you, you are not always going to be able to pick up how to say something the first time. And actually you've got to keep repeating it with some feedback from, from people so that you know whether you're, whether you're getting it right. So I think a lot of repetition for, for beginners, a lot of visual stuff and you know, relatively limited vocabulary in the early stages is fine. Uh, you don't need to learn to a very sophisticated, wide ranging vocabulary in the early stages. But obviously, as you become an intermediate learner, which is more what we've focused on with the podcast, then you need a wider range of um, approaches, I think. Yes, but still, what you're saying, the repetition is still very important. And I think another thing that's very important is you need, you need to take in, you need to listen to or read but you need to take in a lot of different language, you know, a whole lot more than you're able to produce yourself. So don't expect to be able to say everything, for example, that Mark and I are, are, are saying now. You don't need to be able to uh, talk like that, but you need to, you need to listen to lots of different sources, lots of different types of English language and you can learn a whole lot just by listening. Yeah, one of the pieces of research that I uh, looked at, I actually got to know it through a French podcast that I um, used and I found very useful when I was learning French and which the some of the principles behind I've brought into doing this podcast that we now do uh, for learning English. And uh, in the French podcast, he quotes a, 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 an American professor, a, a professor of linguistics called Stephen Krashen. And he makes a distinction between learning a language and acquiring a language. And he mm -hmm. said that children, young children, as they grow up, they acquire their native language. They they don't sit down and learn it systematically. They acquire it. And he says that that's actually one of the most powerful forms of learning a language. And so he's, he says that the evidence is that what you need, particularly as you get to an intermediate level of language, is you need lots of input of that native language. So that means lots of listening to people, 
lots of reading, reading at different levels, reading different types of things. It might be um, it might be a newspaper, it might be a book, it might be an advert, uh, it might be a leaflet that you've seen. Um, the listening can be uh, a podcast, it can be the radio, it can be listening to people talking in the street, uh, in a shop that you go into. Um, it can be watching a video, um, both listening and watching at the same time to get that. So lots of input of the native language. And as you gradually uh, acquire an understanding of that language, because that's what you're doing when you're listening, is you're trying to understand, make sense of what it is you're hearing. And as you do more and more of that, you will learn more about that language. You will acquire, start to acquire that language, and then you'll be able to speak it more. And so that's the stage where you can have a go at speaking at an early stage. But the more listening you've done, the more confident you will be about being able to use that language as you talk to other people. What do you think about that, uh, that, that um, idea, Christine? I think I'm sure you're quite right. I'm sure you're quite right. I want to just put in one word and say, actually, there is a place for listening to the language for beginners listening to the language, even without trying to make sense of it, just to become familiar with the sounds of that language. Um, and that can be really helpful, listening to natural language and just letting the sounds sort of wash over you, you know, without understanding. It's an important, it is one aspect of language acquisition, I think, as you would say, rather than language learning. It's certainly what happens with children. I would agree. I would agree. Another thing that he says, which I think is really important, is that um, as you are starting to uh, speak and write the language, you need to find a context to do that in which is supportive. So you need to find um, a teacher that you get on well with or a group of other students or um, a group of people who are already native speakers of that language, but who are going to be supportive of you as you learn. Because one of the key things about learning a language is you mustn't worry about making mistakes. Making mistakes is perfectly fine. In fact, I'd almost say it's essential part of the learning process. That, so having a go doesn't matter if you don't quite get it right, if you get the odd bit, odd words wrong or the grammar wrong, or you can start the sentence but you can't think how to finish it. All those things are entirely natural stages of learning a language. And so the important thing is that you have a go at that, but also that you do it in a context where you're going to feel supported. Other people who are also going through the same thing. Because we do know that actually, if you feel stressed and anxious about something, then you don't learn very well. So you want to find that kind of supportive atmosphere in which you can try out that language. I, I want to add, pop in there, Mark, to say, of course, we still make mistakes in English. You know, those of us who are, you know, very advanced English learners, we still make mistakes. It's, That's quite, right. it's just part of language 
Usually That's right. People, people who are regular listeners to our podcast and who have also followed it on the transcript will notice that we quite regularly don't finish our sentences yes. or we stop in the middle of a sentence and then start saying something slightly different. Yes. Um, and often when I read back the transcript, I realise that I have made mistakes sometimes, yes. sometimes grammatical mistakes. So people in their advanced, you know, well-educated people in their own language are still learning. Um, so it, it, accepting, knowing that um, you're not going to be perfect at it, that you're going to, that, that actually it's a slow process. That's the other thing I think. Mm. There probably are a few people who are very uh, natural linguists and who can learn a language very quickly. But for most people, it's a marathon, not a sprint. It's a, it's, it's, it's a commitment that you have to make over quite a period of time. I'm not sure a marathon's such a it, such a good uh, image because immediately all the time you're improving. You know, it's it's like it's not that there's a finishing line. You know, it's just a long a long enjoyable walk through a new country or a new language or something. And it, and you can run. Some some of us will run and some of us will amble, but we we're always picking up new things and like. of course sometimes we forget things too <laughs> <laughs> particularly as we get to our age Christine yeah, oh, that's <laughs> true. That's true. I, I really like that image I, I like that I much prefer that I agree to to the marathon the idea yeah. of, a, of a long walk that goes at different paces and also sometimes you might even go and decide you're going to repeat a part of that walk so yes. repeat a part of your learning of the language because you know, it, that will help just to, to reinforce it. One, th one thing we haven't said yet, and I really, really recommend to people, is to get themselves a notebook and to make notes uh, of, of what things you hear. If you're living in this country already, just things you hear in the street, just note it down and listen, read back, you know, look back at your notes uh, at the end of the day or the end of the week. Just that active noting things can be really helpful. I mean, it's like me and my vocabulary book. Yes, I think I think those years ago. It probably doesn't work for everybody, but for a lot for a lot of people, the idea of keeping a vocabulary list is a good idea. And and using this idea of flashcards where you you might write on one side of the of the bit of paper, the, the the word in English, and then on the other side, the meaning of that word in your home language, or an image uh, yes. as another way of doing it, and and then regularly practicing and and testing yourself on those things. And there are, you know, these days with our smartphones, there are many apps that we can use to help us. That there are indeed, and also the. There are also very good, um, yeah, there are very good translation apps. There are very yes. good dictionaries, including ones that have, that handle phrases very well, not just individual words, because I think that's a more, more useful kind of dictionary if, that, if, they've, if they've got that in there. I agree, lots of, lots of technolo technological support available to people. You, you remind, I mean, I, I thought of that because you talked about flashcards. There are, you can get apps that, um, create flashcards for you. Yes, you can. You know, bring yes, you up can. words just to learn words. Yeah, they can. The other thing I would say is 
the importance of having a routine. Part of what we were saying about, you know, this is a long journey to learn a language. And actually, uh, it will help your journey if you have a routine to it. So if you try to do a bit of um, listening or reading of the, of the language you're trying to learn, trying to acquire every day, um, try to put a, you know, a, a period of time aside every day. Um, for some people, they prefer perhaps to work in short, um, short amounts of time. Others might want to put a whole hour or two hours aside to concentrate on it. But the idea of having a routine of trying to do a little bit of that other language almost every day, um, that will definitely help you to uh, for that progress to, to, to feel you're making progress mm. over time. I I think this uh, relates, links back to something I said at the beginning. It depends on who you are and what, what you want to do with a language. But of course, we're all interested in different things. And if you're following a language program, for example, they might not be discussing things you're particularly interested in. So I recommend that you read, you know, look for articles, look for things that interest you. The subject matter is important to you. I would agree. And that's certainly something we've tried to do in the podcast. So let's have a bit of a reflection, Christine. You and I have probably been involved in more episodes than, than almost anybody else. What, what's your reflection on what we've managed to do with the podcast? Well, I, I, think, I think we've done, we've done quite well, really, Mark, over the years we've been doing it. I mean, and we've, we have taken the English for Life in the UK citizenship test as the starting point. So we have tried to include the subjects that people who want to live in this country and want to eventually get British citizenship, um, we have included those subjects. But we've managed to, we've managed to cover topics which I hope people will find interesting. I mean, of course, we've mainly chosen things that interest us, you know, that are things, very topical points. We've, um, certainly, we've certainly done a wide range. I mean, I, it's worth perhaps me just quoting some of the figures for people who might, might be interested. Um, I mean, we've done over 50 episodes now across the two seasons. So we've covered, a, that means at least 50 subjects and sometimes more than, more than that within a, an episode. So we know we've had over 55,000 listens to our episodes. So that's not 55,000 different people, because obviously there are a number of people who've listened to a number of episodes. Uh, our regular listenership is probably around 700, something like that. Our most popular episodes have had over 3,000 listens. And the other thing that we found most interesting is that from the information we get back from the podcast sites, uh, we know that we've been listened to in more than 110 different countries around the world. Wow. So whilst about 40 percent of our listeners are from are in the UK, um, then the other 60 percent are from all wide range of countries 
around the world. And, and that's fascinating to know. So now I interviewed two of our students from the St. Augustine Centre who've made good progress in their English. And I asked them to tell me a bit about what they found most useful. Nelson, thank you very much for joining us. Um, tell our listeners a little bit about yourself. Where are you from? How long have you been in this country? Uh, what's, what is your native language? When did you start learning English? Some of that. Okay, uh, well, my name is uh, Nelson Gomez. I'm, I am from El Salvador in Central America. Um, I have been living in the UK about uh, one year and four months. And I studied English in my country. Uh, my first language is Spanish. Uh, I remember I started to learn in English uh, in 2015. Uh, but I, I didn't practice English in my country. Mm -hmm. uh, but yes, uh, arriving to the UK, uh, it's a good uh, option to learn English because the the life here uh, asks you to speak English. So there is yeah. no option. You have to do it. <laughs> absolutely. Absolutely. So um, tell me a bit about what have you found most useful in improving your English since you've been here? Well, I think uh, the... Daily life here, you know, go to the supermarket, go to the surgery, uh, to the chemist. Uh, yes, you know, more vocabulary and just you have to speak <laughs> and try <laughs> to listen to what people are saying uh, in the bus stop. Um, yes, I think uh, maybe the, listening to music in English is a good option. So um, have you been to classes? And uh, if so, uh, what, what did you find useful about the classes? Yes. Um, I was taking classes in San Agustin Center. Uh, I, I learned a lot from them uh, because in, in my country, I studied uh, American English. And it's quite different from the British English. Yeah. I, I learn uh, more vocabulary, some uh, grammar rules that I have uh, forgotten. Um, and have you listened to the podcast yourself? Yes, yes, I really like the podcast. <laughs> I remember uh, last year where, when all of us have to be at home, <laughs> it was very useful to listen to the podcast. And what advice would you give to somebody uh, who's recently arrived in this country and who's got a bit of English but wants to improve it? What would be your advice? Okay, uh, maybe try to listen carefully, listen to the people when they are they talking, uh, listen carefully, uh, because you can identify some words that you know and how the people 
pronounce uh, that word, uh, maybe listen to music in English, you can learn more vocabulary. Uh, if you can uh, listen to music, reading the lyrics, it's very useful. Um, if you can read uh, books for children, it's very good because it's easy English. Uh, you can learn more vocabulary that it's very useful. Um, yes, that just go yeah. to the street and try to talk with the people. And I think, Nelson, you, you've actually been helping out with some of the classes, haven't you? Is that right? Yes. Uh, last year I was uh, doing volunteering, uh, teaching basically English. <laughs> yeah, so you were helping the beginners, weren't you, with uh, yeah. starting yeah. out? Yeah. yeah. Anyway, that, that's been really helpful. Thank you very much. Thank, thank you. Thank you for taking me in consideration uh, this incredible podcast. Good afternoon. Thank you very much for agreeing to do this, Bucky. So first of all, can you say, tell me, how long have you been in this country? Um, I've been in the country um, since five years now. Since five years, yeah. And, and what was your English like when you arrived and how is it now? Um, yeah, when I arrived, um, I thought I, was, I could speak English, but... The way and then the, the sounds of our English from my country is not the same as here. And you've made a lot of progress in those five years? Yes, yes, I have. So tell me, what's helped you? What, what has helped you to improve your English? Um, yeah, before I um, joined St. Augustine English classes, I used to, what I used to do is to listen and very well to anyone speaking English to me. Because if it's too fast, then I won't hear or understand what is being said. Yes. So, yeah. So when after I, I joined the class, so um, it's still listening and then speaking as much as I can. So that has helped me. And with, the, with the topics... And then just joining and joining the group, the conversation. And yeah, those are the things like trying to uh, just speak it as it comes to my mouth. Yes. And learning with the response I get when people speak to me back. That's lovely. That's lovely. Thank you. Um, and have you listened to the podcast? Yes, I, I did um, listen to some. Yeah, when not all were, of it, but some, yes. some of the episodes. Did yes. you find that useful? Yes, because um, it gives me more knowledge. Yes. Of, like, because I can see, when they speak, I can see. And it, it's, it's, it was helpful in have understanding. You, yeah. yeah, have you used the transcripts, the written version of the podcast? Yes, my, actually, I didn't do it myself. My son helped in doing that. Right, okay. And have you have you both, um, because what we've suggested to people is they listen to the podcast, but then they also listen and read the transcript at the same time. Have you tried that? Yes, yes, I did. And you, fa and you found that useful? Yeah, yeah. 
That's great. And so any other advice? Do you, what advice would you give to somebody who has just arrived in this country and whose English is not very good? Um, what I would advise is if that person can find a class, an English class, just register and join. And most importantly, just listen. Don't rush yeah. to speak. Just listen and then try and catch up and just speak out as much as you can and then you just find it easy um, later. That's excellent. What about in the classes? What have you found most useful in the classes? Um, in the classes is the conversation. It's, it's the way we, we talk in the group. Yeah. So that has really um, been helpful also. That's brilliant. Anything else you want to say, Bucky? I just want to say thank you for making it um, easy, for making some of us comfortable of speaking English now. I know it's not really sound, but at least I know I've made um, an effort. So I just want to say thank you to you okay. and the well, others. You're very welcome. And I think you've made excellent progress and your your English now is... Um, is is good, and um, I think the advice you've given there is is really helpful to people. Um, and you're right, you're right. Lots of listening. Um, have just have a go with speaking. Don't worry if you make mistakes, um, and then you will gradually get there. And it's it's not a quick overnight job. It's something you have to keep working at. And that's something you've been doing and you're benefiting from that. Yes. And then one more thing I just remembered, asking for a repeat, like if 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 someone spoke to you and then you don't understand, just ask again. Please can you just ask ask nicely if that person can repeat what they've said. So that okay. helps that helps me too. So, listen, thank you very much, Bucky. That is really helpful. Thank you for having me. That's interesting. And I think Bucky made a very important point, a very good suggestion, asking people to repeat. If you don't understand what somebody says why not just ask them to say again or say it again slowly? Yes. Many, many people will be happy to do that. And I thought particularly that Nelson's point about using everyday life, the things that you're naturally doing every day, just to help you with your English. So he talked about going to a shops and listening to the conversations that people are doing in the shops and then trying yourself to have the conversation um, when you're buying something in the shop or listening to conversations in the street. And obviously we would hope that when people come to the St. Augustine Centre, that that is a good opportunity for them to, uh, to um, engage with a number of other people, some of us native English speakers, all of them virtually wanting to improve their English. So, And, and it is a very supportive space there for that. And if you're not local you might be able to find somewhere in the area that you live in too and i particularly like nelson's idea of choosing children's books to read because obviously the the level of the language 
in a children's book is going to be just that bit more accessible. Um, and then hopefully in time, you'd be able to move on to more adult books. Yeah. And in, in, if you go to the library, they often have a section, a teenage section or, or an adult literacy section where they have um, books with sort of older themes, but simpler language. You can ask the librarian for that. Certainly in this country, you can. We're going to take a break now for a, a number of weeks. We'd love to hear from you. You could tell us what works for you in terms of learning a language. Or you could uh, tell us any comments. You, could, you can still contact us um, with any comments you have on this podcast or any of our previous ones. We'd be very happy to hear from you. We won't necessarily get back to you immediately if you email us, but we will monitor the emails and certainly look every week or so and we'll get back to you and of course our email is english for life in the uk at gmail.com well thank you very much christine for joining me on this special episode i think we can say uh, talking a bit about how we learn a language uh, we hope that you have found the podcast useful in your language learning um, and that you've been interested in this episode. We are going to take a break now, but we will be back in a few weeks time. And if you uh, keep subscribing to the podcast on your uh, regular podcast site, then it will begin. It will appear as soon as we start to uh, publish new episodes. Yeah, we don't know when that will be exactly, but it will be sometime in the autumn. You can get the transcript for this episode and all others through our website, www st augustine's center halifax.org.uk that's also you, where you can find out how to support our work including making a donation you can contact us by email we have a specific email address for this podcast which is english for life in the uk at gmail.com and there is also a general email address for the centre info at St Augustine's Centre Halifax.org.uk I'll spell out all of those so the website S-T-A-U-G-U-S-T-I-N-E-S-C-E-N-T-R-E-H-A-L-I-F-A-X dot org, that's O-R-G dot U-K. The email 
English for spelt F O R life in the UK and the general email info at is I N F O at and then the same as the website address. Thank you and be back with you again soon.